Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast founder right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey guys. Back to a normal episode this week. We, uh, you know, we're, we're actually both now feeling a bit under the weather, um, but good enough to go. And we were able to sync our, our schedules up this weekend where we could still record the episode. So uh, they're always more fun when the two of us are here instead of when we're just when it's just me entering the tracks. So it's always more fun when there's banter. Exactly. You know, uh, without the Frank, you know, there is no Brian. Well, I think there's no Dana, only Zool. (laughs) I think it may be the other way around. Uh, real quick, though, wow. BG, BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of this podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us. And if you could, please go to iTunes, drop us a rating and a review. It would definitely help us climb up the charts in terms of search results. People are looking for a new VGM podcast to listen to. So that would be awesome as well. Uh, as I mentioned at the end of last week's episode today... We're going to be taking a look at music that exists in cemeteries and graveyards within video games. And as I said, to fit the criteria of this episode, the music has to come from a game that is entirely in a graveyard, which I think we have one pick that is um, a iconic level that features a graveyard or a cemetery or if like and I mentioned, like if you're walking in like an open world game, or like an action adventure game and you go into a cemetery in a particular area and the music changes, that would count as well. Those three criteria, one of those three had to be met in order to fit this episode. And I think we came up with some good stuff. So like a robot graveyard? In por- <laughs> no, I told you that that wouldn't count. So no, no, no real portal robot graveyards? Because I have a really good one. No, I told you. And you actually, <laughs> you tried to be sneaky and you submitted nine tracks instead of eight. And you're, uh, you, you buried it in the middle to where you were hoping I wouldn't see it. You had the uh, the pit from Portal. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, that did not qualify, uh, even though you tried very hard. But uh, I think we may hear that on Radio Hour. It's going to happen. Okay? Yeah. If there's one thing that our audience constantly clamors for, it's more music from Portal. I'm not sure that's the case. I don't know that that's the case at all. Well, live it, love it, learn it. Uh... <laughs> The opening, the opening track, though, was yours. That was my track, uh, and that was The Crypt from Diablo 2, mm-hmm. composed by Matt Eelman, uh, who is in-house at Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, it's also, you, the, the, there's a, a sample from uh, the Symphony of Voices. It's uh, the choral phrase from Misere, which is done by Italian composer Gregorio Alighieri. Oh, okay, at least it's not Italian composer Frank, because, you know, no. you are Italian. Uh, the only thing I've composed uh, is not fit for this channel. It's a bunch of crap on that piano behind you. Uh, uh, they're just they're, they're songs about Brian, and he doesn't want to hear them. <laughs> Brian sucks, Brian sucks. Oh. Yeah, it's not the best of songs. It's, 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 it's a work in progress. Yeah, I think you need a bit more. Uh, you're, you're no Beethoven, that's for sure. No, but he, he was a cool dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been in a Diablo mood lately. I mean, mm. uh We've got Diablo 4 coming out very, very, very soon. Well, it's not even announced yet, but I mean, happen. you can okay. hope for the best. Bl- Bl- Blizzard, you can deny it all you want, okay? Go back and listen to Max Level on Monday. We actually had a little bit of a follow-up to our Diablo story last week, so. And in fact, there's a, you know, uh, Blizzard's doing a bit of a uh, scavenger hunt right now on the Twitter, mm-hmm. where you can win yourself a uh, Diablo 3 Switch bundle, so uh, 
hop on the Twitter, check out Diablo. Oh yeah, uh, that comes out page. November second, right? I think it yeah. is. I think it. Yeah, that'd be neat. See if check, check out their page. You can win yourself a you know Diablo Switch. I'm trying to win it because if I get it, I'm gonna give it to Brian as a Christmas present. I already have a Switch. <gasps> I get to keep it for myself. <laughs> you already have a Switch too. We can give it away. If I win it, I will give it away to one of the fans. <laughs> I solemnly swear. <laughs> In all actuality, it's your old Switch. <laughs> you know you're going to win a Switch with a red and a blue? <laughs> all right. Let's cut to my, uh, my first pick here. And I decided to go to pay homage a little bit to something we did last year. And if you remember, last year, we, instead of Mega Man, we looked at Castlevania. We looked at the Castlevania series. So I, I, I picked something from the Castlevania franchise. Okay. And I went to one of my favorites in terms of music for Castlevania, and that's Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Stage 3A. This is Cemetery. That was Cemetery, otherwise known as Stage 3A from Castlevania Rondo of Blood. This originally released on the PC Engine in Japan, October 29th, 1993. We would see it, and that's the version I pulled. We will, we would eventually see it here in North America on the PlayStation Portable, this particular version, October 23rd, 2007. Wow. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's when I played it. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, on PS4, it comes out um, next week, this week, this week. This week. Yeah. yeah, it comes out this week, actually. It comes out on Friday as part of the uh, Castlevania Requiem with this and uh, Since the Other Night, uh, which I'm definitely picking up. I think that's only like 20 or 30 bucks, and I think it's 20 and it's actually totally worth it. But uh, yeah, this particular track, though, there's four composers on Rondo of Blood. I was able to figure out which of these four did compose this. It was done by... Uh, Kaizu Nakamura was the actual composer for the Cemetery track. He's only worked on a handful of games for uh, for Konami. Um, 
with the most recent one being Castlevania Rondo of Blood in 1993. So he's been departed from Konami since then. Um, but I really enjoyed this game and I'm looking forward to playing through it again this coming week. I don't know if I'm going to... I don't know if I'll have a chance to play it this actual weekend because it's also the same weekend that Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, I, I'm definitely picking up Castlevania Requiem because these are two of my favorite Castlevania games of all time. I've and, bought Symphony of the Night in particular. Yeah. At least five or six times now. Yeah. And I, that's another reason why I wanted to pick from Rondo of Blood because it is coming out this Friday on PS4. Uh, but I almost picked from Symphony of the Night because there's the uh, there's the Rainbow Cemetery track as well from Symphony of the Night. And I was debating between these two. And I settled on this one because I just liked it more. So I don't know. But uh, either way, great track. Very, uh, very Japanese, as you mentioned while we were listening to it. So, yeah, well, the, the entire game itself was very it, it seemed way more. Yeah it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot more rooted in Japanese culture. Yeah. All right. So for my next pick. Mm hmm. I'm going to go to Metal Gear Solid 4 for a track called Metal Gear Saga. And that was 
Metal Gear Saga from Metal Gear Solid 4, uh, composed by Mr. Harry Gregson Williams. Yeah. Now, my man Harry, what has he done that stands out for you? Well, for one, he did the music, all the music uh, compositions for Metal Gear Solid 2 through 5, both parts. But he's also responsible for the greatest movie of this generation or any generation, Shrek. <laughs> the greatest movie, huh? Is that is that because if you painted your body green, you would look exactly like Shrek? Oh, now you have something against Shrek. Well, I just I actually just realized it when you said it. The movie grossed six hundred ninety-eight million dollars. But Brian. if you if you put little if you put two little stubs on your head, you would look just like Shrek. You're bald now, so. Like, if you put two okay. little stubs, that would be called Brian, ears. Brian, Brian, I think I have to say this every episode, don't I? What? Audio podcast. They know what you look like. They know you're, uh, they know you're a bald, they know you're a bald beast, where if you painted your body green, you would be Shrek. You understand? The I have king layers. of Long Island, Shrek. <laughs> I have layers, like an onion. <laughs> yeah? By peeling them away? All right, you're hurting my feelings, Brian. <laughs> What's wrong with Shrek, dude? There's nothing wrong with Shrek, for Shrek is love, Shrek is everything. He ends up with Fiona. He does. Yeah. Where's your Fiona? She's probably up there with my donkey! Uh, <laughs> Where does this track play? This uh, actually occurs in Arlington National Cemetery, which was the former home of um, Robert E. Lee. The U.S. seized the property. And that became the, the, the cemetery for our, our, our fallen men and women in the service. Right. Uh, I've actually tripped five times in that cemetery because I am a big, goofy son of a gun. Who his name is Shrek. Wow, Brian. <laughs> you cut me deep down to my core. All right, let's go ahead and move on to my next pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, not from a game called Shrek, but it's actually from a game called Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Ooh, love that game. Yeah, it's a good game. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Province 3, otherwise known as Cemetery.
And that was Province 3, otherwise known as Cemetery, from Gauntlet Dark Legacy. This originally released in the year 2000 in the arcades. Uh, no specific date, it just showed up in arcades sometime in the year 2000, according to Wikipedia. I don't know exactly what day it was. Uh, I would eventually play Gauntlet Dark Legacy, and I believe it's the same place you did on the GameCube when it came out here in North America, March 6th, 2002. And the composer for the entire game is someone that we've actually talked a lot about before in a previous episode. Mr. Barry Leach. Barry! Yeah, who was a prominent composer back in the Atari, Amiga, um, like the early PC Engine Commodore 64 days. He was a very prominent composer back then. But uh, he is most famous for his work on Lotus Turbo Challenge, Gauntlet Legends, Top Gear, Rush, and Gauntlet Star Legacy. So this is one of his more famous soundtracks he's done. And might I say, this is a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, and a great freaking game. I love this game. Like yeah. I, said, I actually found, I played this game first in the arcades. Okay. And I loved it so much that when I heard that it was going to come to GameCube, I went and bought it right away. Now, I'm trying to look. When is the last time we've had a Gauntlet game released? I think... Um, this might be it, right? Well, it says here... On September 23rd, 2014, Arrowhead Game Studios released a remake exclusively for PC, uh, though it also includes an unregistered trademark symbol for Gauntlet. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, so I think the most recent one, then, would be this one. Like, in terms of home consoles, would be Gauntlet, Gauntlet Dark Legacy. So, uh, And this was actually before Midway went out of business, because this was done, published, and developed by Midway. So... Uh, great freaking game, though. It actually makes me want to go back and play it again. Yeah, I I would definitely play this game again. Yeah, I, w- I would be OK for for a new gauntlet or even just like a a remake uh, of this game. I think that would actually be really cool in today's age where, you know, we have a lot of these isometric games doing really well, like Pillars of Eternity, um, Divinity. Wasteland, all these games that are just excelling on PC in, in, in the isometric market. Uh, I, I think there's a place for Gauntlet to reemerge and be be good again. Hell yeah, man. It's, it was, it's one of my all-time favorite arcade games. Mm-hmm. Right up there with your, your next track. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So see what I did there, yeah. Sure. For a game that I easily have spent over $50 and quarters on over my lifetime. Should have just bought a cabinet. At this point, it might as well. From the Simpsons Arcade Classic, this is Springfield Discount Cemetery.
and that was the Springfield Discount Cemetery from the Simpsons Arcade, level three for uh, my fellow players out there. Yeah. Uh, composed by Norio Hanzawa. Uh, I will say I have nothing but memories for this game. Um, this was in the local movie theater. Um, there was. There was, there was lots of arcade machines, but there was this, and there was Turtles right next to each other. Okay. Uh, and in the far corner is my beloved Mortal Kombat ca- uh, cabinet that we talked about thousands of times over. So yeah. these were my go-tos, and I would play this all the time. Uh, I got my sisters. They play, too. I get to be Homer. Okay, That's the rule. Okay? You, can play, you, you, you can be Bart. I don't care. Everyone wants to be Bart. I don't care. <laughs> I'm Homer Simpson, and I'm going to mess your world up. So that's where... Uh... Those three cabinets, that's where a young Shrek would spend his useful days, huh? I even gave you the Homer Simpson reference to try to do, but you were not even clever enough to go for another bold character. I wasn't going to call you Homer. Eh. You son of a... Um, but, but he has, like, three strands of hair. You have, ze- you have zero. My hair is practically grown back already. It's... Is it? Uh, I'm so... I have to shave it every day. I'm super Italian. Uh, I, I, I get, like, a John Cena haircut within a week. <laughs> you should uh you should rock that hairstyle then. Why not? Uh all right. All right. All right. Let's do something fantastic. Ooh, let's like do let's do something from a game that we dedicated an entire bonus episode to at one point but never played a track from. What? Yeah. Well, we played a track from the game, but we never played a track this particular track. Oh, okay. So how do we pull that one off? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that that would be pretty impressive if if I if I we've did an entire bonus episode on this game, but then for whatever reason didn't play any tracks. You know what? We should do that one day. We should do a bonus episode on a game and then not play any tracks from it. <laughs> It'll be the special portal episode. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh but no. This particular game we did an entire episode to Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Let's take a listen to Combat in the cemetery. Thank you. 
And that was Combat in the Cemetery from Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which did release August 29th, 2017, so a little over a year ago on the Nintendo Switch, obviously composed by the legendary and wonderful Grant Kirkhope. Fantastic composer. Um, As we mentioned in that bonus episode, which if you haven't listened to, go back and check that out. We actually did it. I believe it was last September because it was initially right after Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle released because it was actually like a week after, not even because I started playing it the day I got it. And I was like, dude, this music is fantastic. And I think we I think we recorded the bonus episode the day that the game came out and put it up like a couple days after that. I don't I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. But uh, throughout that episode, we kept mentioning how similar a lot of this music sounds to like Danny Elfman, Tim Burton esque Mm -hmm. movies and just listening to combat in the cemetery, you could still hear that. I mean, like, you know, that, that, that still rings true and that rings true for every track. And it's just, you could easily tell what inspired Grant Kirkhope with the soundtrack. And it, it fits so well just with this style of game and with this animation, you know, graphic style that they used. Uh, I, I was thoroughly impressed and I still am with, uh, more. Now I haven't played the Donkey Kong DLC yet. I do want to, but, uh, this entire soundtrack is just so beautiful and I really do think that it is one of Grant Kirkhope's better compositions in quite a while, like the entire thing. And I'm really curious to see what he's going to go on to do next after this. Obviously, we know he worked on A Hat in Time and Tangle Deep, which actually uh, came out earlier this year, I believe. Um, uh, but this year, all he's really done of note is the DLC for Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. So I'll be curious to see what he does. I, I, I would assume his next game that he works on will probably be 2019. So whatever he does next year would be interesting to see. Diablo 4. It's not Diablo 4. No, no. it wouldn't be a good fit. Well, I'd say it would be a good fit. It would be an interesting choice. It would be, it would be an interesting fit, but I guarantee you he'd make a fantastic soundtrack for Diablo 4 if he was asked, asked to do it. So <laughs> I, Not even a doubt in my mind. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what do you got next for us? From one Danny Elfman sounding thing to another. Well, how about, is it probably because it is Danny Elfman, or at least it was no, at one point? No, no, it wasn't. This is a completely original, but definitely Danny Elfman-inspired song. Well, that, I get it, but this, the, 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 this the franchise comes from a Danny the, Elfman. The was definitely Danny Elfman. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> but from Kingdom Hearts 2, this is Spooks of Halloween Town.
that was Spooks of Halloween Town from Kingdom Hearts 2. Composed by Danny Elfman. Wrong. By the wonderfully talented and beautiful Yoko Shimomura. Yes. Yes. Everything she touches is gold. Agreed. I actually agree with you on that. Just very unusual that I agree with you, Shrek, but it, I do agree. Sit here, you son of a bitch. Do not deny my sexiness, okay? I'm not denying it. I mean, you know, Shrek can be a good-looking dude from time to time. Good, good damn right. Good-looking good ogre, I should say. So, this game came out in 1995 and was an instant classic on the PS1. Two. Also didn't come out in 95. Um, nope. Hmm. No, nah, man. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Three is coming out in January. I cannot wait for this to hurry up and get here. Yep. Um, the way Amazon ships things, I'll probably get it in March. <laughs> I tell you, man, look into your Amazon account because something's wrong. I get mine on release day delivery, like I always do. So Amazon hates me. Well, you probably for a good reason. Oh, I don't know. I only spend thousands of dollars with them every year, and you think they would, you know, show a little respect? Nah, nah. Okay. That's why you should just buy everything at GameStop. Yeah, no. Don't Power do that. to the players. No, no, no. No, no, no. Shop locally. Support your local mom and pop stores. Yes, mama and papa GameStop. Um, <laughs> GameStop I, did, I, I remember this level was freaking awesome. Uh, it was. Just seeing, just seeing Sora all decked out. Uh, the whole crew decked out as monsters. Yeah. Um, that was super cool. I have the itch. I got a fever. It's for, it's for more Kingdom Hearts and more Cowbell. Well, Kingdom, like, as you mentioned, Kingdom Hearts Three is coming soon. So, unless you want to, unless you want to play through, I mean, the the catalogs are on PS4, actually, and eventually you will be able to get the entire thing in one in one box on PS4. I am thinking I'm gonna get the story so far. Yeah, um, that, that includes so. everything, and it's only forty freaking dollars. I've missed out on quite a bit, and I actually have a coupon for half off on that, so I'm probably gonna pick it up for twenty bucks. Oh well, that's a no freaking brainer. If you don't do that, then you are stupider than Shrek ever was. I I would be a dumb. Yeah, you would definitely be a dumb. Uh, your Halloween costume wouldn't happen to be Shrek this year, would it? I'm actually going as Captain Spaulding from A House of a Thousand Corpses, <sighs> which is which is why I shaved my head. I was really hoping you were going to go as Shrek after we've been talking about it, but oh well. I, can't, I, I can't do I can't, I can't do Shrek. Why not? Shrek is ten times more gorgeous than I am because he is love. He is life. All you got to do is paint your skin green, and it's like a spitting image. I'm telling you right now. Well, thank you. I appreciate being called handsome. Okay. Well, no, it's a great thing. That's not what I was going for, but okay. Uh, let's go to a game. <laughs> let's go to a game that takes place entirely in a graveyard. The entire setting of this game takes place in a graveyard. And of course, I am talking about the recently released Graveyard Keeper. Mm. Let's take a listen to the main menu.
that was the main menu from Graveyard Keeper, which, as I just mentioned, did come out recently for PC. That was composed, the entire soundtrack actually, is it's available on uh, on the composer's Bandcamp. Uh, Hamza El Hamri is the actual composer for Graveyard Keeper, and he is an Algerian composer, which I think is actually pretty cool. All the way from the Algiers. All the, well, from Algeria, yeah. But uh, this released on August 15th, 2018. And um, it is a game that I do own, but I haven't really spent that much time with. And I, I'm kind of surprised because I was really looking forward to this when uh, when it was first announced. And I really just didn't put that much time into it. Um, fun game, though. Really, like I said, you, you it's, it's like Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon, but in a graveyard. And you are the caretaker of this particular graveyard you have to do the upkeep you are doing repairs and all these different things that you would normally do it's heavily inspired by games like stardew valley and harvest moon uh developed by lazy bear games uh pretty cool uh, i looked into uh the actual composer though and i have no idea if he's done anything else or if this is the only thing he's done like just just a generic search of his name doesn't really give me anything based off of the composer himself. The only reason I know he's from Algeria is because I found his Instagram profile and it lists the city that he lives in. And that happens to be a city in Algeria. So really, he's in and, and like for like, you know, in, in his biography, it says composer. So I'm assuming that's the guy like. But I mean, I really can't really find anything on him besides the Bandcamp page for Graveyard Keeper. Is he from Algiers? Tennis. T.E.N.E.S. is the oh. city he lives in. I play Mario Tennis. It's, it's quite fun. <laughs> or it could be Tennis, or I don't know how you would pronounce that. It's probably not Tennis. But um, but we're going to go with that. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll run with it. Speaking of Tennis, and I got nothing I can't transition on that one. I'm sorry. No, it's impossible. Um, probably one of the most famous uh, first levels, graveyard levels of all time. Oh, okay. Uh, started off as an arcade game, but I grew to love it on the uh, Sega Genesis myself. This is round one of Altered Beast.
one from Altered Beast. Um, a little fun fact, this was actually considered one of the most dreadful Genesis games of all time. Really? Uh, it really was. It sold thousands of copies because it was one of the only games available when it first came out. In fact, I believe this was even one of the pack-in titles for a while. I guess that would make sense. But yeah, but uh, there was a, a list done back in 97 where uh, this was the top 10 worst uh, Sega games of all time. This game took me to the number 10 spot. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of this game, but uh, it was composed by Toru Nakabayashi. Okay. I'm hoping I said that right. Uh, who did the arcade version of the game as well. Also did the music for Golden Axe and Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, the arcade game. The good one. The one I like. Uh, which also features a graveyard. I wanted to pick from it, but there were a lot of them were licensed tracks, and I didn't want to mess around with that. It sounds too yeah. much like that. Well, I mean, that would make that would make sense. <laughs> but, but but it sounds like Thriller meets like the Flintstones theme. It's very weird. It's very odd. So I didn't want to do that. The uh, Thriller. Pretty much. Modern. I don't know. What are they a modern? A modern graveyard fam. Uh, Lazy. It all works itself out right there. Sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, when I heard this, when I first heard the song, you know, listening for the tracks, I was like, you know, this does sound a lot like Golden Axe. It does. And I realized, okay, it's the same exact person. Uh, so it was pretty cool. Uh, he has a unique sound. Uh, he hasn't done anything in a while, though. Uh, his last thing he did, he was credited for, was uh, he did the uh, the Tetris for the Dreamcast in 2000. Okay. Uh, I'm surprised this actually is rated as one of the 10 worst Genesis games. I actually don't think it's terrible. It's not a great game, but I don't think it's like one of the worst games in the Genesis. It came back out for the uh, virtual console in which that, that would be, I'm just pulling up here, 2006. Yeah. It, had a, it got a lukewarm uh, response as well. Really? Yeah, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not a bad game at all. It's just not a great game. Uh, the arcade version, if you've ever played, is a, is a thousand times better. I've actually never played the arcade version. I only had... I actually still own the uh, the Genesis version, so... Uh, it's in a box in my closet somewhere, but I know for sure I have it. And you'd think I would love it. I love all the beat-em-up games, but uh, there's just so many other things that are better than this that... Sure. Well, that makes sense to me. Um, okay. Well, I picked from a franchise that actually is getting a remaster here relatively soon, and actually we should be finding out here in the next few weeks. Uh some news on on the remastered version of this game. Well, not this particular game, but the first game. Because the first game is getting remastered, I happen to pick from the second game. From Medieval 2, this is Cemetery Hill.
And that was Cemetery Hill from Medieval 2, which released on the PlayStation here in North America April 30th, 2000. Uh, obviously, this is a Sony franchise, which is why Sony is currently remastering the, the first game for the PlayStation 4. And as I mentioned before the break, uh, we should be finding out news. Uh, I'm assuming that news is going to be when the game is going to be releasing because it's still scheduled for sometime this year. And my guess is probably December of this year, unless they do a stealth release when they announce the news, which would be like put it in the first half of November. Um, two composers on this actual game. I could not figure out who was responsible for what. So we're just going to give credit to both gentlemen. We have Andrew Barnabas and Paul Arnold were the actual two composers for Medieval 2. All right, all right. Uh, I, I love these games. I yeah. cannot wait for the remaster. It's going to be freaking amazing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to stepping back into the shoes or the uh, the bones, I guess I should say, of uh, Sir Daniel Fortesque. Um, always really, really enjoyed these games. I I don't know, man. I was surprised that, uh, that these didn't really do as well as I thought they would have. Like, you know, I, I thought this would be like a staple franchise for Sony. And it really isn't. And you you would think that these games would be a lot more popular because they they are good and they they're fantastic. Um, great soundtracks too. Like this this is one of my favorite cemetery levels in a game. Like it's the, the first one that jumped to my mind immediately. Well, not the first one, but one of the first ones that jumped to mind immediately when we started picking tracks for this episode. I actually thought you were gonna pick from this franchise. I was like, when you said it, I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe I didn't pick from that. So. Yeah, yeah, I actually, because I know I, I, I would argue that you are probably a bigger fan of these games than I am. But uh, I, I was really shocked that you didn't pick from it. But either way, I mean, we still got it on the episode. And I don't know, man, I'm just I'm really looking forward to the remastered of the first one when it comes out, either whether it's later this year or if it gets delayed till next year, who knows. But uh, just listening to the soundtrack for Medieval 2 again really, uh, really brought back some fond memories of this game. And uh it's it's one of those perfect Halloween games. What you think about it? It really is. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Yeah. When it comes to that. Yeah, it really is. And how about a game that is the eighth best-selling game franchise for Capcom? The That's eighth, right. the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, a game that I can honestly say I have not beaten. Yeah. Neither but have I. not, but not for lack of trying. Neither have I. I'll start with the most iconic piece of music from this game because let's face it, you're probably not gonna beat the first level if you stink at video games. <laughs> <laughs> this is stage one from Ghosts and Goblins.
that was stage one from Ghosts and Goblins, uh, composed by David Whitaker. And I've given this fact before, but I want to give it again because I love this fact. Okay. David Whitaker is known for being the most prolific uh, video game composer of all time. I think you've, yeah, you definitely mentioned that. Yes. Uh, he has more works than every other composer combined. Yep. I remember so, you talking yeah. about that. Then. I forget we were trying to like figure out exactly like because he, he re-instrumented it for a bunch yeah. of different systems yeah. uh, over in England the, the ZSX and a lot of the so yep uh, he actually created his own sound chip so he got you know so yeah but, but, but by virtue of that yes the most prolific composer of all time he's like he's like the rock who's in every movie please stop <laughs> please stop rock for the love of god stop um yeah but I don't know if you've ever told the story on this uh, on this on this show okay. But uh, you, you, you have never beaten this game, but in your mind, you have. In my mind, I've defeated this game and I am the best Ghosts and Goblins player of all time. Yeah. Uh, little, little fun fact for anyone who has uh, never played Ghosts and Goblins. Mm-hmm. After you beat the game, you have to beat it again. Yeah. Uh, the game is nigh impossible to beat the first time through. <laughs> uh, and you're carrying over the same set of lives. Right. Um not an easy task because you can only take two hits and then you're back to the beginning of the level yeah uh, it's doable uh, through attrition through lots of crying and <laughs> uh, but yeah so I beat the game and I turned it off yep not e- not even trying the second playthrough well no because when I started back up again I was like no this is stupid like why am I like, that, that's the ending of your game and you play it again right yeah I didn't know that until later on that, uh, yeah, I should have kept on playing. There, there's a different ending after there's, the second time. The, yeah, well, fool you want, you want, shame on me. Fool me twice, well, we don't get fooled again. <laughs> and you've never made it back to that point again, have you? And I don't have any desire to. Um, I may pick up the Game Boy Color version of it one of these days, because I know it has a password system, so pick up where I left off. Right, we'll make, it, we'll make it a little bit, I guess, better. I wouldn't, yeah, I just, because I don't want to play through it again, all again. Uh, it took me a summer to get that far. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I mentioned how Medieval 2 Cemetery Hill was one of the first tracks that popped into mind. Let's go ahead and kick to the track that was the very first one that popped into my mind. And fittingly enough, it's because I play this game probably the most of any game. And I pick from this game, much like you with Portal, I pick from this game the most of any game. It's World of Warcraft. There's a cemetery in Warcraft? There's probably thousands. I know, I'm just being a jerk. <laughs> this, is, this is the graveyard.
And that was Graveyard from World of Warcraft. As I mentioned, that is a game that I, I pick from regularly, and it's because I can honestly almost, much like you try to with Portal. I could. For, I, I have one for Portal. Let's do it right now. No, you don't, because it doesn't actually fit. But but the great thing about World of Warcraft is because it's been on the market for 14 years now, spread out across multiple expansions with so many different themes. I can literally almost apply Warcraft to every themed episode we do and, and still have it fit. Uh, it originally released, though, this this actual graveyard music comes from the vanilla version. So November 23rd, 2004, when it released here in North America, the initial version, which is getting redone as Warcraft Classic soon uh, and which you are going to play. We've already, yes, we already talked about this, but um, this particular music is the music that plays when you are dead. So it starts out with you in a graveyard, and as you are running back to your body is when you actually are, are hearing this music as well. So the music starts in the graveyard, but it continues until you actually become alive again by going back to your body and resurrecting. Now, I've never played Warcraft, but I have played other MMOs. Mm -hmm. um, is this one of those things where if you if your body sits too long, people can loot, loot you? No, no, that's not that's not how this works. Nope. That's how it was in Ultima. Like, yeah. you can hurry up, get back. Yeah, no, you you have unlimited time. I mean, you can log out while you're dead. It doesn't matter. I mean, your your body will still be there with everything intact when you get back to it. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but the 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 main composer for the World of Warcraft soundtrack was uh, Jason Hayes. Uh, he did have a little bit of help with certain tracks from Tracy Bush, Derek Duke and Glenn Stafford. Um, there was no breakdown. And, and I've mentioned this before when I pick from Vanilla Warcraft, there's no breakdown in terms of who was responsible for what. But my my gut feeling is that Jason Hayes composed this particular track because I, I did find little anecdotes here and there that he, he that he actually composed probably 90% of the actual soundtrack by himself. So I, I would assume that this was done by him. Uh, but I really enjoy picking from this. Like I said, we do have bonus episodes coming up in the future and not even bonus episodes, but actual regular episodes as well that are going to be dedicated to the music from World of Warcraft. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I can't wait for Vanilla Warcraft to come out because I want to play the hell out of that. Yeah, no, that's going to be super fun. I can't wait to do that. Uh, I believe we have our I believe we have a episode about Vanilla Warcraft dedicated to it uh, sometime next year. I think it's in the pipeline, so it'll be fun. All right, so when I get my next track, this one's from truly a, a rare composer, a, a real rare composer from a real rare game. Mm -hmm. I keep saying rare because... I see what you're trying to do there. Because I'm trying to, try to force it here. Mm -hmm. uh, from Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. This is Count Batula.
and that was Count Bachelor from Conqueror's Bad Fur Day. Uh, classic came on the N64 in 2001, totally composed 100% and partially written by Robin Beanland. Yeah. Uh, we spoke about uh, did the music for Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Uh, this game itself uh, won Beanland the British Academy of Film and Television Award. Oh, wow. One. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, now, I gave Brian a little fun fact while we were, before we listened to the song. This was not originally going to be a Conqueror's Bad Fur Day song. This song was slated to be in Killer Instinct. Which I can't picture that at all, because it doesn't sound like a Killer Instinct track to me. Doesn't fit Killer Instinct in the slightest for me. No, uh, not at all. It, this 100% complimented the character of Count Bachelor, who was uh, a vampire who you fought fittingly in the graveyard. Yeah. The mansion, the graveyard. Yeah. Um, I love this game. Um, hopefully to get the spiritual successor to this soon. All right, man. Uh, let's go to Zelda. And in particular, let's go to the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. This is Kakariku Cemetery. was Kakariku Cemetery from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. This released on the Wii November 19th, 2006. It would eventually hit the GameCube a couple weeks later, December 11th, 2006. If you remember, Twilight Princess was the first one that uh, released on, on two different platforms. It went to Wii first? It didn't go to Wii. Yeah, it, it, was, oh, day, cool. it, it, was, day, it was day and date with the Wii. So I, I mean, had my Wii the day and date thanks to a mistake by uh, Costco. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I remember the story. They put, they, they, they put the whole palette out. I was like, hmm. yeah, I remember the story. But uh, fact, every time I tell the story, I always make my sound effect. I'm yeah. Like, doink. Doink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do that a lot, though. But yeah, no, the GameCube version was slightly delayed because they wanted people to buy it on the Wii. Uh, I bought it on both the Wii and the GameCube, and I still want it on both to this day. I preferred the GameCube version because that was the way it was meant to be played. You didn't like the motion control part, huh? I didn't. I know. And I, okay. I I say this all the time with the Wii. I did not like motion controls, which is the reason I like Twilight Princess had motion controls, but you could still play it traditionally. Skyward Sword, you couldn't play traditionally, which is why I've never finished that game. So, 
but uh, composed this particular track was done by Toro Minigishi. Uh, the entire soundtrack to Twilight Princess is epic. So freaking good. One of the better Zelda soundtracks out there. We did an entire episode dedicated to, uh, well, it was this and I believe this was episode. This particular episode was The Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Um, ten tracks apiece. So if you missed that, go back, check it out. We have ten tracks from Twilight Princess on a previous episode. And there will be more. I promise you there will be more from Twilight Princess in the future because there's so many good gems of music on the Twilight Princess soundtrack that uh, that, that game just cannot be ignored. Uh, interesting, though. That's just a remake of Zelda's Lullaby. Yeah. I mean, with with like a creepier undertone to it. Uh, some so different instruments. I'm Koji Kondo did this one. Though, right? No, different instrumentation. Um, you know, different everything. But it's it's basically the, the Zelda's Lullaby done with a with a Halloween feel to it, with a dead feel to it, I like it. You know, he does a lot of voice acting for uh, as of late for the Mario games. Torbenegishi. Yeah, I'm wondering what character he does the voice acting for because he's in the party games in Tennis Aces. I know Charles Martinet, I think, does Mario, Luigi, and Waluigi and Wario. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering where he fits into this. Maybe he's uh, Yoshi. That's a good... I'm going to get to the bottom of that. I'll report back to that on another episode. Yeah. Hour down. I'm just trying to think, like, who's in who is in Mario Tennis, who's in all the party games, like, you know, crossover characters. Yoshi definitely sticks out. Um, I don't know. I really can't call that voice acting, though. They aren't really, like, like sound acting. And they just make... Well, Mario talks, and, like, Charles... Charles might, like, he actually voice acts, but, like, if you're, if you're doing... Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, if you're doing like Yoshi, Yoshi doesn't talk. I mean, Yoshi just goes, goes, just goes Yoshi. Exactly. That's all he does. So, <laughs> but uh, you got one track left. I do. Um, from Max Payne Three, a song that's uh, well, the title is how I feel right now because I'm a little sick. This is dead. <laughs>
and that was Dead from Max Payne 3. Uh, that entire game, with the exception of one track that was done by a Brazilian rapper, was composed by the uh, band Health. Uh, they're an American noise rock band out of L.A. And uh, when some members of the uh, Rockstar team saw them perform, they're like, we have to get these guys to do this music. Um, they're very experimental, very weird. The entire soundtrack is... Like I said, since they did it, it's different. It's, it's different. different. It's very different. I mean, you heard the the screams of the dead in there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it, 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 I picked it because it was exactly as you said, different. It was weird. It was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like, I always like, like to sneak in a licensed track, but uh, being from a band we never heard of, there you go. I don't even know if this would be a licensed track though, just because they composed it for. True, true, true. So this wouldn't really be considered a licensed track. Well, I try to sneak. Um, You're not good at sneaking, though. Shrek is Shrek is a big ogre who can't sneak anywhere. Under cover of night. Um, so this game was actually nominated for the best song in a game in the video game awards in 2012. Didn't win. Which uh, song? Tears. Ah, okay. And. Their collaboration with Rockstar didn't stop there. They actually got a song into uh, GTA V called um, High Pressure Dave. Okay. Which uh, played when you were playing as the character um, Dave. Ah, that would make sense. Yeah, there you go. That would, that would, uh, make, that would make a lot of sense, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Max right. Game 3. I think it's time we get a Max Game 5. Um, I would like to revisit Max Payne in the future. I think that would be a good franchise to go back to. But uh, uh, as we've seen, Rockstar is a studio that is only capable of one game per generation just because of how well. Yeah, actually, because GTA 5 was a 360 game originally in PS3 before it got ported to PS4, even though most people consider it a next gen game now because they made so many changes to it. Um, Rockstar is a one, if we're lucky, two game per generation studio now. Uh, with Red Dead coming out this week. Uh, Obviously, I'm assuming they are already well underway on their next game just because, not well underway, but probably in the early stages or shortly thereafter of the early stages of of their next game just because Red Dead is is releasing this week and has been gold for a little while now. But uh, rumors are still flying that we're revisiting Bully next, so we may not even be seeing GTA 6 till the later half of the PS5 Xbox Scarlet life cycle. So, yeah, if, if Bully's next, Bully would probably be, what, 2021-ish? Because Rockstar takes a while, so 2021 yeah. for maybe Bully, which would mean GTA 6 would end up being the one after that. So 2024, 2025, as we get ready for PS6 and Xbox, I don't know, whatever they're going to call the next one. The Xbox. It's, it's, it's going to be implant in our head by then. So. Probably, probably, or maybe it'll just be all PC by then if they're smart. But uh, that'll take us to my last pick for this episode in our closing track. Uh, I'm actually going to go to Bloodborne, which is my favorite Souls-like game of all time. Uh, Still developed by From Software, a game that I desperately want a sequel to, that I still wish Sony and 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 From Software would announce. Uh, Bloodborne 2 just hasn't happened yet. I'm starting to think it's not going to. But uh, the track we're going to listen to to close out the episode is Gehrman, The First Hunter, which is actually, if you follow the correct and probably not necessarily correct, but uh, suggested path of, of the way the game goes. 
this would be the next boss you would come to. And it, it actually end up maybe being the second boss just in general. Because I, but I know there's branching paths eventually in Bloodborne. I just can't remember if there's a branching path before or after this one. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually played through the game. But this, this boss in particular takes place in a graveyard. And I was actually talking to Frank while we were listening to it. And one of the ways you can actually defeat this boss is by getting him stuck on one of the tombstones as you're uh, as you're going around and you can actually use it to your advantage because he he has a shotgun i mean he's he's but he's he's like a hunter so he can melee you but he can also hit you with a shotgun and it's a very powerful weapon obviously souls like games you know you take one or two hits and you're dead but uh bloodborne had very faster mechanics and faster combat which is why i think i liked this one more than anything else um, but you get him stuck on this tombstone, and as long as you stay within a certain range, he can't melee you. And he will still try as you go in to hit him, like, for melee attacks and stuff, but you can get away enough to where, you know, his attack can't hit you, and he can't move forward because he's stuck on the tombstone. Now, he can still hit you with the shotgun, but as long as you d dodge it perfectly, you'll never get hit. So that is one of the cheap ways to defeat this boss, and actually a way that I encountered by mistake when I first fought this guy and I actually beat him on my first try because I actually got stuck and got him stuck on the tombstone without trying because I was using it as cover and I was going in circles around it and then I noticed he wasn't moving and he actually got stuck on the corner of the tombstone and uh, I looked it up afterwards to see if anyone else was talking about it and apparently there's some big thing that everyone had figured out because I think it may have been like a a mistake by the design with the way the tombstone was made because it was very easily you could easily like the player character get caught, could get caught on as well if you weren't careful so I don't know, but uh, there were very sneaky, Brian. Yeah, there was there were several composers on Bloodborne. I was able to narrow it down to figure out who exactly composed this particular track. It was done by Ryan Amon, who hasn't done much. He did Bloodborne and he did Assassin's Creed Unity, and he's done two movies as well. He did Elysium and uh, Black Hat. So those are the really I've the only things I've heard of one of those. Yeah, Elysium probably. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, Black Hat I've not heard of, but it does star Chris Hemsworth. So. I don't know. Maybe it's oh, good. Oh, it's Thor. Yeah, maybe it's good. But uh, Assassin's Creed Unity was okay. Um, wasn't the best Assassin's Creed. It's nowhere near as good as Odyssey is. But Bloodborne is, is definitely my favorite thing that Ryan Amon has worked on. Um, and I will say, make sure you stick around and listen to the entire track. This is a five-minute track, and I'm going to put it in oh, there it's in its a, entirety. It's a, it's a great track. It, it, it gets fantastic as we get to about the three-and-a-half, four-minute mark before we get to the end of it. When a choir kicks in, uh, and I and I just closed it because I'm dumb, but uh, I, I had the choir pulled up. Let me let me pull that back up here. Uh, the actual choir that's featured, Metro Voices, is the actual choir, and the uh, the orchestra leader is Everton Nelson. So so make sure you stick around and listen to the entire track because it is it is a fantastic one. But uh, I think that's going to bring us to the close of this episode, and we're almost to the close of our Megamania Rocktober Spooky October. As we only have one week left. You know what that means? Yeah, next week's radio hour. It's gonna yeah. be a super. It's gonna be a super spooky radio hour. A super what? Super spooky. Uh, okay. Do you uh, uh, do you have anything doing... else? I was gonna say. Do you have anything else to say before we get out of here today? Um. What are you thankful, Brian? What are you thankful for? I am. Uh, I'm thankful for turkey, and I, I like eating turkey on Thanksgiving. Uh, and maybe some cranberry sauce, some mashed potatoes, some pumpkin pie, uh, going out and, and shopping on Black Friday with... Oh, you're trying to plug our episode, aren't you? Yeah, Brian. <laughs> like the professional that I am. Because <laughs> uh, what I'm thankful for uh -huh. is the fans. Mm -hmm. We're thankful for and you. It's my, 
Okay, we, 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 we love each and every one of you, and we want you to send us tracks, any track you like, anything you want to be heard. Uh, give us a story. I'll read it, or I'll have Brian read it because my reading comprehension, not that great. About the about the skill of a kindergartner, or the skill okay. of an ogre named Shrek. If you want me to read it in a Scottish accent, I'll learn how to do a Scottish accent. <laughs> Please don't. But uh, yeah, that episode's coming up on Thursday, November 22nd. Uh, an entire episode dedicated to you. 16 tracks. We already have several. And shout out to the messenger on the uh, VGM podcast fan group. He did put a post up for us on there uh, asking for people to submit tracks as well to help us out, to help us get submissions. So uh, you can either submit it to bgmania at levelodongames.com or you can go to the Facebook fan group if you're a member of that. Drop the link in there. Drop the track. Drop the story. We'll pick from there as well. So that's going to be fun. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by levelodongames.com. As we just talked about, remember to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at levelodongames.com. Uh, if you're hearing this, make sure you submit a track for that uh, spooky episode of Radar because... Uh, I think I have one that I could use from a from a previous submission, but uh, I would prefer something a little bit different. And because I would probably be stealing from the uh, from the thankful episode as well. So um, make sure you make sure you submit a track for that. Uh, I would I would greatly appreciate that. Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to share your support by leaving a review. And if you aren't already, subscribe on YouTube. You can also follow us over at twitch.tv slash games for all the live streams and event coverage and on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. If you want to follow us across social media. Check that description box for the appropriate links. As we mentioned before we got into this next week, it is obviously Radio Hour Volume 16. We are going to do something a little bit different because Radio Hour this month happens to fall on Halloween itself, October 31st. So we are going to do a little bit of an extended episode of Radio Hour. We're going to have what did we decide on? I think we decided on six, right? Six apiece for me and you. Yes. Okay, so we're going to do six tracks. So we normally do five. We're going to do six tracks from both Frank and myself. We're going to have one from Jessica and one from the, from, from you, the, the listener. So it'll be a little bit. Instead of 12 tracks, we're just going to do 14 next week. I think that'll be fun uh, because we're not doing a bonus episode for... Um, we're not doing a bonus Halloween episode this month because Radio R happens to fall on Halloween. And keep your ears peeled and your eyes peeled to the podcast feed. The bonus episode for October is going to be hitting shortly. That is going to be Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. So we are doing... And I'm actually just going to be playing the uh, the bonus little sound submission that came when you pre-ordered the deluxe edition of the game. <laughs> uh, we're actually just going to do that because it's entirely orchestrated and it's beautiful. So that, that bonus episode will be up sometime within the next week. So keep your ears peeled for that. It's going to be fun. Uh, taking us out of this episode once again, we have Garman, the first hunter from Bloodborne, again composed by Ryan Amon. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. And get out of my swamp. <laughs>